Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I don't know about you, but I am loving this fall weather. It finally got cool here in Birmingham, and just this morning we had to turn on our heaters rather than having our AC off completely, and I actually really love it. We woke up, we're super chilly, so I'm sitting here in my sweater and sweatpants and fuzzy socks trying to warm up until our heater kicks on officially. But here is to fall. I hope that you are loving it too. One of my favorite things of fall so far has been our Fall Behind the Bliss live tour. We visited Greenville, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Birmingham, Alabama is actually this Friday, and a few more along the way. So I am so excited to finally be sharing with you the recorded conversation with Jordan Scott in Greenville, South Carolina for today's episode. We recorded in a beautiful coffee shop in Greenville, South Carolina with tons of friends that gathered to be with us old friends, new friends, listener friends, online friends, all of you were amazing and made that night so much fun. And if you were there, then you know that the listeners today are in for a treat to hear from Jordan Scott herself. Jordan is originally from Sydney, Australia. Her and her husband, Dylan, now live in Anderson, South Carolina, where Jordan has her own floral business called Forage Botanics. Obviously, the transition from Sydney, Australia to then Greenville, South Carolina was pretty radical. She shares about that journey, what it was like to really listen to the Lord and hear what he has to say in that particular season of transition. And if you're like me, her, and a lot of others in the crowd at this show, then maybe you're in a season of transition too. And if that's you, then this episode is definitely for you. Not only do we talk about really fun, deep stuff, but we also dive into our dogs, how in the world we even ended up with them, the Enneagram, and a lot of other fun topics too. So grab your coffee, grab a friend, start your commute, and let's hop on to our conversation with Jordan. If you don't know me, my name is Rachel Autry. If you don't know this lovely woman, her name is Jordan Scott. Jordan is our guest for today. She's fabulous. We just spent back there with my mother-in-law and my mom just praying it up, and she is drenched in the spirit is what I call it. A few things you should know about her, because she hasn't even started talking yet, but you'll soon find out, I'm spinning, you'll soon find out that she's from Australia. It's true. Yeah, I am. She is. She's from Australia. Uh, her accent's really fun. That's the joke. Everyone says, oh, you're from Australia? Say something. I'm like, right. what do you want me to say? <laughs> Give me something to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But the other cool thing um, is that we literally met three weeks ago. Yeah, on Instagram. That's how it all happens these days, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's like, oh, I made a new friend. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> uh, that's how I know most of the friends in the back um, is from Instagram. And I feel like that's how I know most of you guys is from Instagram slash podcast world. So praise God for live events because then I actually know you as people, not as followers. So funny story. At our last live event in Birmingham, I recognized a few of the people And I was like, oh, you're at so-and-so. Like, knew them by their Instagram name. And they're like, that's not how you say my name. I was like, that's always how I've pronounced it. And they're like, let's try this again. So if I do that to you tonight, so sorry. I want to know you. Um, Okay. For anyone that doesn't know Jordan Scott, Mm. just give them a little preface. 
Because I know you well, and you sent me your bio, but I feel like it's just more fun if you explain it about yourself. Okay. Uh, what do you want to know? Where are you from? How did you get here? Yeah, okay. I'm from um, Sydney, Australia, and I um, met my husband. He was studying in Sydney, and so we were at college together, and we met. And then uh, we came back here for a vacation to visit his family. I guess we were thinking that we were going to get married soon. Um, we weren't married How at that point. Were you dating at that point? Yeah, we were dating. Um, we had been dating for, I guess, eight months right. at that point. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's not too sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> if she would have been I like know. two weeks, I would have been like... <laughs> my dad weird. actually, my dad Google imaged the place. He, like, knew that they lived in a cul-de-sac, like, knew all of the oh, everything what? about it. I know. My dad... My dad's got it all covered. He was making sure I wasn't going somewhere dodgy. So, yeah. So dodgy? Did she say did you say dodgy? Dodgy. Yeah, dodgy. Dodgy. Yeah. Dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, went to visit his family and then um, we I guess we'd been there for two weeks just visiting and meeting his family and friends and things and um, one night he looked at me and he said, "Are we meant to move here?" And I laughed and I said, uh-uh, no. And then I went to bed that night and God told me in a dream and I woke up and knew that we were meant to move. So um, we decided that we were going to move and we went back home, packed everything up in four weeks, got engaged and then moved. And it was all a whirlwind. And then we got married three months later. So... Let's go. Yeah. Those are the most fun stories because then mine's so boring. It's like high school sweethearts got married or got engaged, engaged for nine months, longest nine months of my whole life. And <laughs> then we finally got married. And then now it's been three years, but yours is so much more radical. I love it. That's oh, what we just, like we lifetime moved, movies are made from. <laughs> we moved countries, got engaged and got married all in three months. So yeah, it was. Talk about an identity crisis. It was wild. When too much change has been happening for me, I'm like, who am I? What's my name? What am I doing? I thrive on change. I'm like, like, let's mix things up. Yeah. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) I know you really well. All three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. All three weeks. You seem like it. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Obviously someone's going to be listening and thinking, what the heck? That's so radical. Why would she ever decide to do that? That's crazy because half of my brain was thinking that while you're talking. So I want you to talk to that girl that might be thinking, why? Why would she do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess for a little while, I just tried to do life my own way. And um, I guess I just did what I thought people wanted me to do. And back when I was 19, this is getting real, real fast. Get real. Um, Yeah, back when I was 19, I actually, I got engaged to someone and... um, and it felt like the right thing to do. And we had been engaged for a year. And after a year, I just realized this is not right. And we're going different ways. And there's so much that God's put in my heart that he's not down for. And I can't imagine marrying him. But I knew that it was going to be, um, there was going to be a lot of resistance if we broke up and that I was going to disappoint a lot of people. Um, but it was that, well, do I just do what everyone wants me to do or do I do what I know is right and um so I ended up breaking it off and I he's a great guy but I just felt so free and God taught me so much in that time to not just do what everyone else is doing all the time but to really ask him and that obedience to him is really where true life is found even if it seems like it's moving fast or it's confusing or you don't understand it in the moment that I 
to trust him and really be surrendered to him. And he comes through every single time. And my life is so much more free and joyful when I know that I'm yielded to him and, and it's his plan, not my own. So I could never have planned being here. And yet here I am. And I'm so grateful for it. So I did not know that about you. So cool. Thanks for sharing. Super vulnerable. I, as I was listening, I was like, I know several people that have been through several different circumstances, all similar to that. Um, and so it's so neat because in that moment, though, I bet you felt like you were the only one who was potentially breaking off an engagement and all of the what ifs and like, what if I don't find some, what if I don't find a soulmate? What if that was my soulmate? I just ended it with out of what I thought was obedience. Yeah. And it never ends up the way I thought it was going to. And it's funny because when I first met Dylan, my now husband, the first conversation we ever had, I'm sitting there telling him how I'm never going to get married. Marriage doesn't work. Like, I tried getting engaged. I'm never getting married. And, um, and that I didn't want to compromise. Essentially, I thought marriage was always going to be compromised because I couldn't imagine a relationship that wasn't where I didn't have to compromise my faith. Sure, yeah. um, and we... I, we were just friends at the time, but um, a little while later, God told, like, spoke to me and said that he was going to be my husband. And so we went on our first date, and he, God had also spoken to him about it. And so we went on our first date, and there was this elephant in the room where both of us knew. And it was like, <laughs> do we address this or what? And it pretty much was the Did first date. Did you address date. it? Were you like, oh, yeah. I mean, you need to meet my husband. He's even more like, strong-willed than I am and so yeah swizzling on that chair (laughs) yeah Um, he basically said um I yeah he said I'm I want you to know I'm I'm pursuing you to marry you and if you're not down for that then that's okay but we I'm, I'm not interested in being your friend pretty much and I was like, great, well, God prepared me for this. So. They exist. You yeah. don't have to beat around the bush. I'm like, uh-uh. if you're listening and you're a guy, you need to know. Yeah. Being brave, there's nothing wrong with it. Dylan has there's never beat around a bush it. in his entire life. <laughs> it's, it's great, though. It's good for me. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so cool. Well, for the longest time, going back to what you're saying about how there's so many times in our life, I feel like we do what we feel like is next because that's what the world standard has set for us to do next. And there's benchmarks. It's like, okay, if once I do this, it's time for this. And then once that happens, I should start moving on to this next ring of the ladder kind of thing. And I've learned through a lot of failure that uh, it's not that that gives us the freedom. Like it's not when we put a down deposit on a house, down payment, down deposit, who knows? <laughs> I should because I have a house. <laughs> you I was did very that. Much a part of that <laughs> I, uh, I think through it and I'm like, you know, Okay, for example, I'm going to get vulnerable. Our next season of life looks like Thomas going into training for the military, which there has been a lot of bumps in the road, one including the reason why he's not here tonight is because he tore something in his foot. It's a big thing. I'm not even going to go into it. Had an MRI today, so he missed it, missed this, which is kind of sad, but I love him. And as I was thinking through this, I'm like, even this last week, I believe for a hot second, well, once we get to training, then I can take a deep breath. Like once we get to fill in the blank, maybe it's for you, then I can take a deep breath and I'll know that there's freedom or I can relax. Once I have this amount of money in my savings account, then I can breathe deeper. And it's just not true. And it's not like the scripture does not say like where there is money in your bank account, there is freedom. Or like where there is a promotion, there is freedom. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if the spirit of the Lord is not there, it's like you have to be following him. And 
like we were talking about back there, spirit led to know what in the world is next. So then that's when you find freedom. Even if it's in this middle in between of, oh snap, like (laughs) we're not going to leave for training when I thought we were going to leave for training. And now I feel like so out of control, praise God, because maybe in Birmingham is where Rachel will find freedom. It's just, I have to calm down enough to find it. Um, Still myself long enough to find it. So yeah, praise God. That's so true, because God is in your present. Yes. And so because he's in your present, mm-hmm. then you have peace, because yes. his presence is, is peace. Yes. But, but he, you, your present isn't in the future. Your peace isn't in the future. It will be in the future when you get there. And it's in the past, too, but it's also right here, right now. Yeah, and the, the only accessible time is, mm-hmm. is right now. What is that quote? I feel like I've said it on a previous episode. It's like... Uh, worrying today does not take away today's problems. It takes away today's peace. So like worrying about what's happening in this moment does not give you, give you any more structure. It just takes away the opportunity and the gifts and the blessings and all the things right in front of you that you're kind of just like throwing off the table because yeah, you have to lay out your roadmap kind of thing. Totally. And honestly, we've found, I mean, in our life and our journey, we've found that if we're worrying about something, it's because we still feel like we're in control of it. So if we feel anxiety or worry about a certain thing it's probably because we're trying to own it or control it and worry yeah worry is just a sign for us that we have something unsubmitted to him I mean our goal in life is just to be yielded vessels to not to not hold on to the things of the world to just be yielded to him and and to be moved I was talking with Rachel earlier from Romans 8, it talks about the mature children of God being moved off spiritual impulses. So you're not moved by the other things going on in the world or, or what you need to have or what you, what, what you feel like is your next step. You're moved by the spirit that, that, that um, motivates you or, or that you're sensitive to. And there's no worry in that place because when you're yielded, you know you're not in control. And Dylan and I found ourselves praying, God, keep us uncertain, keep us on shaky ground. We don't want stability because as soon as we get stable, then we start to feel like we're in control. Then we start worrying about stuff because suddenly we've taken the control back, but we just notice God again saying, give me the control. And that unshaky ground is actually the most beautiful place to be. Boom. I'm like, I need to yield control of this shirt right now because I can feel it super low. So I'm like, I'm worrying about this button. I just need to submit it to God. And I'm like, <laughs> the things Whoa. they won't see when they're listening at home. Right. Yeah. I'm like, missing yeah. out. Oh, Lord. I'm like, yes, yielding control. I'm anxious about this shirt at the moment That's because I feel like I have control over it. So, no control. Okay. <laughs> um, I could have made a joke, but I didn't. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I, yes, I've been in so many places like that. Do you, any of y'all feel like, raise your hand, please. I'll pay you later. Like, do you feel like you're in a, like a very uh, transition season that there's something in your life that you're like, I have absolutely no control over. Abs- yep. Mm-hmm. Everyone's arms. Went you're up. lucky. That's if your arms blessing. don't go up, you should write a book. <laughs> I would love to read it. I, yeah, I, it's, but also that's freeing to me because it's also in the moments I try to control it that you like, yeah, you can, you can control it, but you're trying to fit the control into this like prototype, like into this mold. And the mold normally it's not something you've been through. It's through something else someone else has talked about, right? Or you've seen someone else on Instagram do it that way. So you try to do it that way too. And um, that's also more dangerous. So it's not only you trying to take control. It's then like, what direction do you steer it on accident? 
So I was driving here from Birmingham to Columbia and then drove here to Greenville today. And uh, there's this one part in the interstate where it splits, like, so fast. <laughs> Have y'all any of y'all driven from Atlanta or back here recently? You know what I'm talking about? Like, split second, like, panic attack. Because, I mean, you're driving a two-lane highway, and all of a sudden there's just a barricade out of nowhere, and the cars are just, like, splitting the barricade. But it's on purpose. I hate that. And you, like, choose one direction or the other. But my GPS told me to go right, but I was in the left-hand lane. There's a big truck. We all know. And so I just chose left just because it was easier. And I got so nervous. I was like, oh, I'm going the wrong direction. I was like, I'm headed back to Birmingham. I'm sure of it. Like, I am going to be so late coming back home. And it was in that moment that I just was, like, spiraling about this dang lane splitting in the middle in front of me. And I started thinking through, that is so my life right now, where a barricade has, like, come in front of me, and I have to, like, take a deep breath, keep following my lane, knowing that it's going to bring me right back to where I was supposed to be. But there's going to be a hot detour, and it's not on my map. But just because it's not on my map and just because it's not in the GPS does not mean it's not right. So I just was processing through this of like, okay, just because there's something splitting two lanes yeah. doesn't mean I should look at the other lane and be like, oh, where are they going? Are we going to end up meeting in the future? Like, am I going the right direction? Because chances are I would have hit that concrete barricade so fast. They didn't have like the brrrr on the sides of the road to tell me if I was like veering <laughs> off at that point. So I just, I literally had to pay so, attention so quick. But, and I was driving Thomas's truck, another story. Then it's like this Titanic thing. So I'm like, I'm barely <laughs> in this little lane right now. But I just was processing it. I'm like, that's exactly what we're talking about today too. So like it's like I should be learning something through it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's where you lose your joy is is through comparing your life to mm -hmm. someone else's life, but God yeah. has crafted you to live your life mm -hmm. and and you will have have w the desires of your heart when you're in relationship with him and nothing else. Like nothing else, no changing yourself or changing your life or striving or anything is going to give you the desires of your heart apart from when you yield to him. And that I remember it was it was November of 2017 where I felt like God really said to me, give me your future and trust that I'll give you back everything you want and more. But it might look different, but but trust me, and I feel like I physically did an exchange of my future, the future that I had marked out for myself versus the future that he could give me. And it's that, I mean, it has been way better, but it's a constant reminder to yourself that my best life is the life that he is marking out for me, and I can't, I can't control that. I can't look to the right or to the left. It's, it's what he's given me. Yeah. It's uniquely for Jordan. Totally, yeah. And I don't want what Jordan has. Not because it's not great, but if I fit my life to Jordan's, then I'd probably be cooler. But I, <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, I'm not going to go further with this because that, she seems really awesome. But what I'm saying is like, I, if, if I lived Jordan's life, it wouldn't look the same as how Jordan's living her life. And you miss out on the presence of God in that. Yes. Like the, the pleasure and the peace and the joy is in his presence. And if you are trying to do something that someone, if I'm trying to live Rachel's life, then 
I'm so busy forming my life around what I think it should look like that I forget to commune with him. And that's where the best part is. Yeah, like vertical. that's actually the most beautiful thing is his presence. And you can't have communion with God when you're trying to live someone else's life. I've tried it. It doesn't work, I promise. I to say, me too. Y'all probably have to. Every one of us that raised our hands were like, yes, we've tried it. <laughs> it is not the best recipe. It's not. So right now, in this moment, what is something that you could maybe apply this to? Yeah. Well, it's funny because maybe about six weeks ago, um, me and my husband started praying. Well, actually, I started praying, and then he looked back at my journal, and he was like, oh, my goodness. He reads your journal? You, I gave it to him to read. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was about to say, skirt. No. Honestly, I really <laughs> couldn't be bothered. If I found my husband with my journal, we would be like... <laughs> Like, I would no. No, you know what? I couldn't be bothered to explain to him my pattern of thought, and so I just gave him my journal. I was like, My journal is my this. rough draft. Not that I, I'm not open with my husband. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I am so open with my husband, but that has so many of the rough drafts that are easily misinterpreted, and I don't want him reading yeah. something, you know, like you read a letter or a text, and you, like, hear it in a certain voice, and it means something different. Yeah. Anyways. That's funny. Yeah, well, honestly, I just, I couldn't be bothered to explain it, so I just gave him the journal. But, um, but yeah, he, we've been praying, and I guess it's really been on my heart recently to just pray, disturb me. You know, I don't want to get too settled, and um, I guess we're at the stage of life where people are kind of starting to think about putting deposits down on houses, and, and you know, move in and settle, and I guess we just thought we would do the same thing because that's what other people around us were doing. And um, when we were praying, we just really felt like this was not the right time for us to do that, that we shouldn't, we sh that, yeah, that wouldn't be obedient. Um, and so I just started praying, God disturbed me. And that's a scary prayer to pray. <laughs> I was naive. Um, just praying, disturb me. I don't want to get too settled in my my own life and my own rhythm I don't want to get so comfortable that I miss you so so shake me up whatever that looks like and um we got this funny letter from the department of immigration if you've ever emigrated yeah you know how I feel um anyone who's listening you know how I feel um it's like one thing after another with the Department of Immigration. And we um, got this letter that basically said that um, the marriage certificate that we submitted wasn't the right one, that we needed to submit another one. So we went back to Sydney. Well, we didn't go back to Sydney. We called the Sydney office to ask for a different marriage certificate. And um, it was going to take longer than the time that we had for the cutoff. So it started to become real to us that... Um, we might not be here for much longer and it shook us up because I guess we had all these plans in our head to you know buy a house and settle down and have our children here and be here for a long time and God just started kind of shaking us up and bringing some old dreams to mind when we first met um which I pretend like it was a long time ago but it really wasn't it was like 18 months ago honestly um when we first met we were really passionate about like mission and particularly in the Middle East and that's kind of where we you know were super excited about and um, when this ha happened God started saying you know all of the old dreams that I put on your heart can you start dreaming again with me and I tell you what it's the freest that I felt in a while because I had really settled into just the rhythm of, of what we were doing and for God to to reawaken my imagination I guess with him and 
to be in that place of no control, I have started praying all the time, God, keep me in a place of uncertainty. I don't want to get back to that settled rhythm anymore. Like, keep me uncertain. And because I've just found so much freedom and joy in that. And so um, that's really practical. I mean, we could be in the country for, I don't know how long we'll be in the country for. You know, it could be a couple of weeks. It could be years. It doesn't matter. Um, What matters is that God has his way and we're yielded to him and um, he's forming something in us and and we love him more. That's such a humble place to be too. Totally. I. It's funny. people expect answers. You know, it's like, oh, y'all been married for three years. When are you having kids? And you're yeah. like, I don't know. Like, people yeah. are like, oh, wow, y'all have been dating for four years. When are y'all getting engaged? You know, it's like people ask you, so it's almost humble to be like, I don't know. Yeah. And I actually love the fact that I don't know. It's actually relieving, you know. It's a great job. You do that well. Honestly, what I've noticed is when you're in the routine of stuff, you don't need to kneel to pray because you can just go about your day, you know. But when you're desperate and you don't have anything left, you just need to lie on the floor face down and and pray. And sometimes you can't even pray. You don't have words. You just have to cry out. And I feel like that's where God meets you, in that place of desperation. And so we've just started asking whatever it takes to be desperate like that, like whatever you have to take away from us, to be desperate, we want that because we'd prefer your presence than the things that this world has to offer. An internal perspective. Totally. The spiritual reality being more real than the natural world. Are y'all shook? I'm like, we brought y'all to church tonight. <laughs> and I, every, yeah, every time she starts talking, I'm like, <laughs> did you go to seminary? I, yes. I mean, no words, no words. This is your podcast now. You're the uh-uh. host. <laughs> Bring I us can. back. <laughs> Bring us back. Bring us back. Okay, just because I'm curious again, I want to take another poll. So anyone that's in the transition season that you're like, yes, I can totally see myself falling more easily into the like grasp, take control uh, section rather than the, oh, no, 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 it's easy for me to just like let it go. It's easy for me to just submit, which like... Anybody more of like the control, please, right now, this very moment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I think it's just helpful to see the amount of people that can raise their hand and admit it. Because also I think it's so tricky. The thing that makes me so mad about this kind of situation where you're talking about is being comfortable is it's so easy then to, um, uh, how do I say this politically correctly? It's very easy to be distracted um, which I think is like the enemy's number one tool. It's like, let me distract her. Let me give her the easiest, most comfortable, like things that are going right. So then we forget. We're like, well, everything's going well. Hmm. I really don't have anything on my prayer list, you know? And you forget that actually anything at any moment can be taken away. And that's something I have to remember is if I'm comfortable, like what am I, what am I not, I don't even know how to say this without like, getting spicy uh you can get spicy i'm gonna get spicy can i just get spicy i'm gonna just let it go (laughs) oh gosh um i'm gonna listen back on this and be like she shouldn't have gotten spicy (laughs) okay there's so many moments in my life where i feel like the enemy sees me and he's like okay got it 
target on her back, let me just like shoot my arrow at her and try to get her. And sometimes he misses and I like see it in my peripheral. I'm like, whoo, that was a close call. Glad he didn't get me, you know? And then I forget like, oh shoot, that was a close call. Like I need to be awake and more aware and know that that was, that was a close call. And I cannot for a second believe that Rachel is the one defending Rachel or that Thomas is the one defending Rachel. Let's see, get even deeper. That like Thomas will be the one to protect me from all the things because that's just setting him up for failure, square one, because that's not fair. And so distraction can be one of, those, one of those arrows that comes by me is like something pretty flashes by and I'm like, ooh, that was beautiful. And I forget to keep my eyes on the road, on my lane, and I hit the barricade, you know? And just to go back to that whole road analogy. And so I think it's so beautiful to remember like, stay in your lane. I hate saying that because it's so overused in such a worldly way. I'm like, no, let's get it back to the spiritual. Stay in your lane and like follow, follow the narrow path is what we're asked to do. And that's what obedience looks like. And our narrow path is going to look so much different than someone else's. But the moment we get distracted, which is what the enemy tries to pull out on us, or the moment that there's a counterfeit where we think it's what it's supposed to be and we can like fit our minds to it and we're like oh yeah that would work but it actually doesn't just it gets tricky and so that's why it's so important to know truth and to know scripture and to like be in the word and be involved in a local church and have friends that know you intimately and can love you through it all because those are the people that are your on the side of the road you know (laughs) those are the things that are like oh we're getting off track here and you're like yes you're my friends know they've saved me a bunch of times they're your (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i'm like that's what i'm gonna start calling my friends like will you be my (laughs) accurate though (laughs) yeah i'm like i need you to tell me like you are getting way off course here so yeah yeah i'm here for it i'm grateful for people like you to remind me in season like the one I'm walking through right now. Yeah, honestly, I feel like all you need to do is stuff it up real bad on your own once. Yes. I mean, hopefully you only need to do it once. Maybe you need to do it a bunch of times, but to really realize that you being in charge of your own life is nowhere near as good as him being in charge of my own of your own life. Yeah. And when you realize how much better and how much more fulfilling and how much more peace and freedom comes when he's in charge, then it's easier to yield to him because you're like, well, the last time I had this option to either go my own way or surrender, it didn't work out when I did my own. So I'm going to go with you. And that that definitely helps you know you see his character his faithfulness time and time again and and so it's easier to yield when you know mm-hmm. so much easier to yield when you and when you have people to remind you yep. and when you yeah when you're not doing life alone because it's easy to um believe something different than what it's actually true when you don't have someone reminding you of truth so yep. i'm with you that's so good. Okay, so let's turn this conversation a little bit more fun. Not because it's not fun. That's not what I meant. Uh, skirt. Okay. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I was about to say, edit this out. Um, let's go in a more fun direction and talk more girl stuff. Let's talk girl stuff. That's let's my favorite. Girl stuff. What is something about America that is so different from Sydney or just Australia in general that you think, dang, this rocks? I did not even know this existed. Ranch sauce, <laughs> buffalo, anything. Um, Are you a wings girl? Yes. Me too. Let's all go out to Buffalo Wild Wings yeah, after let's this. Let's do it. <laughs> hashtag ranch, ad. Hashtag blue cheese sauce. Yes. Yeah. We don't have that. Um, yeah. Like at all? Mm-mm. No buttermilk ranch. 
No, no. I mean, when I first came and... I'll ship you a Dylan, few bottles of Hidden Valley. Oh, please. <laughs> Dylan has ranch on everything. And at first, I was like, ugh, that's so American. And then I started having it. And now I don't think I can live without it. What's something that Australians would do that Americans would be like, ugh, that's so Australian? <laughs> Vegemite. <laughs> I have tried to feed Vegemite to all of my friends and Does none anyone know of them saying like Vegemite? It's Everyone's okay. This sounds gross. Me. What is Vegemite? It sounds gross. It's like a spread. It's like dark hummus. No, it's actually yeast extract, Ew. which oh. makes it sound gross. <laughs> we went there. I don't know how to explain it to you in a good way, but that's pretty much all of my breakfasts ever when I was. It must up. be good. Like several people in the car were like, yeah. no, they're all saying yes, oh. but they no. hate it. Yeah, they hate no. it. It's yes. an acquired taste. It's like anchovies or oysters, but way less fancy than either of those things. Okay, Vegemite. Interesting. Can you get it here or absolutely not? Oh, yeah, World Market. Well, that tells you. World Market. Awesome. Yeah. And World Market sells Tim like Tam leaves. Slams. You take the top and the bottom off a of Tim Tam and then, oh, you guys don't even know what Tim Tams are. I know what Tim Tams are. are. I know what Tim Tams are. They're, They're like a chocolate. I know that one. They're like a chocolate <laughs> cookie thing. Yeah. And then you like, you, you take the top off and the bottom off and then you stick it in milk and you suck it like a straw. Oh. And then it goes all soggy on the inside, and then you can just crush it. Crush it. <laughs> Full sand on the Tim Tams. <laughs> yes. You'd love uh, it. Uh, I would. Yeah. Bring me some Tim Tams. I'll give you some ranch. Yeah. Fair trade. Yes. Easy. Yeah. I love it. Deal. Deal. <laughs> Anyone have Tim Tams? Yeah? No? Anyone have Vegemite? Nope. Anyone got ranch? Hey, yes. Yeah. Got some ranch fans in the house. Uh, Are you American if you don't have ranch on everything all the time? I don't. I had ranch today on my fries from <laughs> Chick-fil-A. I'll say that. It's a new thing. Really? Yeah. I've never had ranch on fries till recently. Well, it came and then at the I'm, right time. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. And our favorite question, what are you loving these days? What are you? I feel like I say this every single time in every episode the exact same way. I've got to find a way to switch it up. Hmm. I, have, I have a terrible coffee addiction, but that's not these days. That's just always all the okay. time. What am I loving these days? Um, audiobooks. I'm binging yes. audiobooks. If you have any audio, audiobook suggestions, we'll talk outside. No, for real though. I used to be a podcast listener and I still am no, a podcast I'm just junkie. <laughs> no, I'm a podcast junkie, but I have recently needed something a little like meatier. So I've been going for the audiobooks. audiobook. I'm, there's one at the moment by um, a missionary in China that's literally blowing my mind. It's called Living Beyond the Veil. And this dude walked through mountains and valleys to reach unreached people groups and share Jesus with them. And my mind is blown. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm obsessed with. So that's audiobooks. Yeah. Okay. Anything and else? Slides. Slides. Okay. Slides. I Let's, thought you meant like whoa. slides like at the playground. No. I was like, I mean, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I used to be a humble flip-flop kind of gal, and, and now I've upgraded. How mature is that? So now I wear slides. That's it. Well, yeah. I used to wear tennis shoes, and now I upgraded to these guys. Wow. So like yeah, you did. tennis shoes. I love like that. My fancy tennis shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Remy, my dog, has eaten every other pair of tennis shoes. What kind I of own. dog do you have? Oh, a Britney Spaniel. I thought you were going to say Britney Spaniels are. Spaniels. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, I know. People are like, yeah, I know. Everyone's like, what kind of dog? I'm like, Britney Spaniels. And they're like, whoa, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, trust me, it's actually called that. He looks like the dog emoji. Cute. No, like, he really, yeah. Aww. Yeah, right, white and brown, really cute. I miss him a lot. How old is he? Three years. Oh, 
We got him right when we got married. He was our best, worst decision. That's what we tell people. Same that with my dog. That was the worst idea ever. We are like, well, we got married, and we hadn't really talked about dogs, but we talked about babies like crazy. And then when we got married, he was like, okay, so it's time to get a dog now. And I was like, excuse me? I did not grow up with the dog until... I turned 17, and that doesn't even count because he's four pounds and, like, literally could just sit in my lap right now. It's more like a cat. What kind of dog do you want? He's like, I want, like, a hunting dog. I was like, a hunting dog? I was like, what kind of dog is that? He's like, let's look up a few. And I just picked out the cutest hunting dog. I did not look at the energy. <laughs> That's real. Not. And my mother-in-law's laughing because it's a hot mess express at the Audrey household. Remy eats shoes. He's, like, literally smiles all the time like a... Like, He's got a like cute name. Smiles. He's got a cute name. Remy is short for Remington, which is a hunting gun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're super American. Yeah, Love that's ranch. some Alabama like, stuff. All of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. So he's awesome. Now he's very house trained and like house bound, and he's like the most bougie hunting dog you've ever met. Like the only hunting thing about him is his leash is camo. And it like makes my husband so mad. He's like, so we got a hunting dog and he's only been hunting three times. And I was like, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, but now that Thomas is about to go to training, I'm like, Remy needs a friend. Cause we have a sofa. Everyone goes, hmm. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Too. Rachel, if you're listening to this, do not get a second dog. Get a, get a second dog, do it. <laughs> talk to myself um when he's on the couch like all day all he does is sit on a couch I'm a good dog mom I swear but he sits on this couch and just looks out our front window and flirts with the dog across the street in the storm door that's like all he does all day right it's like so sad and depressing I'm like you want to come play with me and he doesn't so I'm like baby I should get him a friend but no I won't never mind (laughs) I'm not even gonna go there that's the kind of dog I have very long answer to a very short question yeah, my husband <laughs> went away with his dad on a, I, I don't know what they were going to do now, I can't remember. We were a couple of weeks into marriage. And I thought, well, since he's away, then I'm just going to go and foster a dog. You know how you can foster dogs? Jordan. Yeah, so I called my friend up and I was like, let's go and play with puppies at the Greenville Humane Society. Bad idea. But this dog was tiny and she was like a bit sick and she like nuzzled into me. Oh. And so I brought her home and I had no intention of fostering this dog. I mean, I FaceTimed my husband and said, meet your new daughter. So <laughs> I, was, I was intending on keeping that dog and um, she'll be one in November 29. That dog is the light of my life. I like miss her when I'm not around her. So don't go to the Humane Society. I'll, only for fun. Unless you want a furry companion that Sometimes will make your I life make so much better. Yeah. I think you, sh- you should sweet. go. Yeah, shameless plug. Go Love that dog so much. What's when her we- name? Willow. When we get sweet. inside the gate at the apartment complex that I live in, I start to get excited because I'm going to see my dog again. That's I love so this sweet. dog. Yeah, dogs and, and Tim Tams. All my friends are laughing because this dog is a mess. Like. they say it's the worst dog ever but the amount of love that you get from the dog it's just because I'm not very good with boundaries that's why she's so cute I'm like okay you can do whatever you want no well I'm still working on you need to read the book house dog house dog yeah is that a book did I make that up I think it's a book but you should read it if it is because it is all about My husband was the one that read it and trained our dog. That's why I'm so ignorant of this. Um, 
He got his hunting dog. He gonna train a hunting dog. So I was like, it's all yours, babe. I, like, if you choose my shoe, I'm like, look what your dog did. He's like, our dog, babe, our dog, yeah. So, but yeah, read the book, because it's, it's great. It's all about, like, house stuff. And someone not a dog person, yeah. So you're like, can we move on? <laughs> it, is, like, it did <laughs> hit me the other day that I have, like, a small animal that I'm responsible for. Like, and how weird of an, a, yeah. a concept that is. Like, yeah. in the future, people will be like, they used to have these small animals that they cared Lived for. Lived in so strange. Yeah. yeah, it's actually a weird concept. But it is really weird. If you met my dog, you would love it, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's make her a dog person right now. <laughs> We're just going to keep talking. To, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm totally kidding. I do. What are you? I'm scared if I admit it to you that what? you'll see me differently. What? <laughs> no, well, this is the thing. I feel like, so I'm an Enneagram type three. But Same. What's that supposed to mean? I, I knew you were. I read it. I knew. But this is the thing. I feel like when you're in Christ, you work so hard against your natural tendencies anyway. Yes. Yeah. And so I recognize the parts of my Enneagram that are my natural fleshly response to things. But uh -huh. I feel like for such a long time as Holy Spirit has renewed my mind and heart, I no longer identify with those things anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I love the Enneagram. I think it's a really cool tool for being self-aware, um, but you are not your Enneagram number. You are God, God is making you like his son, Jesus. And that is how you identify yourself. And I, I mean, I wonder what type of Enneagram Jesus, Jesus was. Be. I think that almost every day, I'm not even kidding. I reckon he was an eight. <laughs> if you see me at a stoplight and I'm zoned out in Birmingham, I'm like, what is Jesus like? <laughs> yeah. I like to think he was a three because he got stuff done. Yeah. He performed miracles no, like true. it was his job. He's that like, is and true. next, who else can I see to heal? Yeah. yeah. Seriously. No, I do. And, and that's also what I, I feel think. like he was a two servant, you know, and then I'm like, no, he was totally no, he one, wasn't a two. He was perfect. And then there's a four and I'm like, well, he was so emotional. I love that about him. Two's a, two's Jesus. A, so gentle and servant hearted. Mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, great question. I was curious. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 my flesh is a hardcore three, but I feel like that achievement orientation has been stripped from me just when you become aware of it years. that's what I like about the Enneagram is it almost brings up something that you're like oh shoot I've never been able to put it to words but that's totally my weakness and now I know that that's going to be one of those fire arrows passing by me that I can be like oops skirt got it yeah. yeah so true yeah got it I'm a three with a strong four wing yeah boom which is so cool okay pause insert whenever I met you I did not know you were three but it's so cool because I'm learning if every number has a shade so, or every number has a color so if a one is a red a two is a blue a three is a yellow like there's so many shades of that color doesn't mean that Jordan and I are like extremely similar because we're both threes I'd like think we're similar because you're really cool yeah you're cool but <laughs> you like her but just because yes a three means something to you means something different to me yeah yeah it's helped me understand my friends way more. Yes. I mean, when I see my friends, you know, and the things that motivate them, mm -hmm. it helps me to understand how to love them better. Yeah. I mean, I send my sister-in-law Enneagram memes pretty much daily because she's a one and, <laughs> yeah, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> send your friends Enneagram memes. My husband is a nine, so they call, them, they call us, like our duo. How do you do that? Balloon on a string. What? Type my husband? Nine. Oh, exactly. Do you whip him into shape? No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
So I have to be careful what my mom goes, yes. <laughs> I, no, yeah, no. He is really great at, like, everything he wants to be good at. You know what I mean? I put my mind to something, and I could be the worst at it, but I'm still going to do it. He knows when to stop. So that's why we're really healthy for each other, because he's the realist, and I'm the dreamer. So we call, it's like a balloon on a string. So I'm the balloon, and I'm like, he's like, come back here. <laughs> so, um, so like, he better so not cute. let go of me, because I'll be floating in the sky. Y'all will never find me, ever. <laughs> like, yeah, so he's, me, he's this good whole podcast. for me. <laughs> Whatever. He's so good for me. Uh, and he wings one, so there is the structure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, praise God. Some of my best friends are nines. We, we work Threes well and nines until work well. We, we get competitive with each other. Mm. I mean, yeah. Me and my best friend on the soccer field would be hilarious. She, she's like, no competition. And I'm like, win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm like, I don't care what I'm doing, but I want to win at it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, okay, babe, it's okay if we don't. I'm like, mm-mm. mm-mm. Nope. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be that way. He's like, it's okay if it's not. Yeah, that's me. I got really competitive with in a game of cornhole yesterday. Cool. I'd never played it before, but as soon as I got the hang of it, I was like, I'm going to win this thing. And um, yeah, I didn't, and I needed some time to recover. <laughs> this is the part of the three that I don't like about myself. <laughs> right. It's so real. Though. Yeah. I wanted to thank y'all for being here. This is really fun. Uh, I'm really thankful this is kickoff night because this venue is fab. I appreciate y'all. You mean the world to me. And this is what's so fun. It's like being stuck behind a microphone is sometimes very, really hard. But when this kind of stuff happens, it makes it so fun and worth it. So grateful for you. Y'all rock. We had more fun than I think anyone would ever know in Greenville that night. It was so much fun to be able to meet you that came. I hope that you that were listening felt like you were there. But if you're interested in coming to a Behind the Bliss Live or maybe even helping host one for your city, then definitely get in touch with us by emailing hello at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Let's make it happen. If you have yet to leave a review for Behind the Bliss Podcast, we would love if that was you. Go ahead and head over to iTunes and leave us a review to tell us what you're thinking of the show. This really helps give us an idea of what you're loving, what you're not so loving, how we can help serve you and aid you in this platform. So please, if you would do that for us, we would be so very grateful. If you want to follow along with the rest of our live tour destinations, then head over to Instagram and make sure to follow us at Behind the Bliss Podcast. And if you happen to be in Birmingham, Alabama, and want to come to the Behind the Bliss live show this Friday, downtown at the Battery, then make sure to head to the show notes so you can grab a ticket, and we will see you there. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, that you are bundled in this fall weather, and that you find different ways to surrender control over your life to the Lord. We'll see you next week.